And welcome to a special edition of Cyber Papa's New Battlefield. My name is Eric Bellardo, and uh, today we're going to have an exciting show about NFTs and how to protect yourself in this world of, you know, cybercrime and making sure that you can protect your assets. So with me as a special co-host tonight is Alberto Daniel Hill. Alberto, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Eric. Here in Uruguay with 32 Celsius degrees, it's really hot. I think you are not that lucky as me. And well, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. Unfortunately, here in Philadelphia, it is about 19 degrees. Very, very cold. So... Um, so thank you very much for being here. We started talking about NFTs and, and crypto security, and we've been seeing so many people getting scammed out of their assets. And we decided to put this special show for all of our viewers out there. Um, what are you seeing in the industry now and what are the kind of scams that you're seeing? Well, actually, uh, I, I have to tell you, first of all, uh when it comes to nfts it was some i mean i've been into blockchain cryptocurrencies for more than five years uh i know something about it about data and security but when it came to nfts it was a topic that didn't really catch my attention in fact it was something that i was looking in spaces in twitter spaces as group of people that were having pictures of animals getting together and i was thinking what are these people doing? I mean, I'm not getting into that those group, no way. And then those groups started getting bigger and bigger. And I was thinking, wow, this might be a cult or something like that. Anyway, at one point I realized I was starting to see tweets from these people saying, okay, uh, I lost everything in my, what, in my cryptocurrency wallet. I lost uh, all my earnings from um, the selling of my arts. Uh, I got my uh, artwork compromised. Uh, I was a victim of a scam. I had a, pro uh, a problem with uh, my OpenSea account, that is a place where they sell arts. And I was see seeing that, but in a way that uh, it was so, so frequently that I thought, what's going on here? I mean, this pattern is not uh, usual. What's going on? So I said, okay, Alberto, in order to know what's going on, you have to take a deep breath and enter into that community of weird yeah. people with yeah. pictures of animals. So I took a deep breath and I got into that community, those communities. And well, ever since then, I am still in those communities and I realized that I was stupid. I mean, those guys really know they're in a field that is amazing. It's a wonderful place. It's a wonderful Community, scenario yeah. where artists are creating wonderful things. But it's a very it's a place where things are very immature. So uh, when it comes to security, among other issues, they are having a lot of issues, and that's what uh, was explaining what I was seeing: a lot of scams, a lot of frauds, hacking, people losing everything. So uh, okay. 
you know me, Eric, and you know that I'm always trying to help other people in security, creating awareness about different topics, uh, cyber harassment, cyber bullying, uh, well, talking about fake news, uh, disinformation, misinformation. Well, I'm always trying to cover different topics to help other people. And in this case, I felt like uh, if I'm not part of the solution, I am part of the problem. And I was seeing that there was a big problem in NFTs and security. So I decided to take action to uh, to start doing things to help these people. And uh, well, uh, among those things was understanding the community, the people, getting to know them. And I met many people there. Among them, there are uh, three persons, three people that are going to be here that I really appreciate that. So uh, if you want, we can introduce them. All right, let's first tell our audience, first of all, please, if you're out there, please click the like on the, on the, um, on down below here. That's gonna help us a lot, share the message. Also, let's introduce ourselves. So my name is Eric Ballardo, like I said, and uh, I have been in the industry for about 32 years doing cybersecurity, not only in this community, but across the world. And uh, now I'd like to introduce our guests for, for today. So let me bring them along here. And uh, how are all of you doing? Let's start with Chris. Tell hey, us a everybody. little bit about yourself. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Chris Keller, also known as Driving Tip Daily. I've been in the blockchain space for a little over a decade and I would love to educate and help others in the NFT space and other blockchain technologies. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Delta, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Trevor Lawrence. I go by Coin Comments on Twitter, also Delta in the information security space an independent security researcher started getting into computers at the age of nine i uh, got into some trouble at age 11 been doing this now since about the age of 11 is when i really got serious and started learning about it um i uh i like to find bugs and i like to figure out ways to exploit them and in finding out that knowledge and learning that knowledge i've also learned how to help people keep secure. Um, I've heard some horror stories in the blockchain community. I know one person, I won't use any names, but I know one person who uh, showed the wrong person her crypto wallet and ended up a real life capture the flag contest. They hacked her car, they stole her identity, mm. they stole all her crypto. I mean, it's, it's very serious. Well, let's go ahead and let's um, introduce Dalila last but not least uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself hi um, my name is Delilah I go by nft princess 21 on Twitter and um, I'm a digital artist I recently started doing digital art and getting into nfts um, this past year but I've been in the crypto space for kind of a bit my brother um, has actually been in it for quite a while so he introduced me um, but art has always been like a passion of mine. So digital art is super new to me, but um, it's kind of crazy to see all different people from all over the world doing the same thing. And we have this little community and this little family, but um, it's super dangerous. And it's really nice that we have this community to help um, each other and protect each other, but also like reach out to others all over and show them that, you know, we're here for you. If you have any questions, um, you know, you don't have to do this alone but it is really scary out there so always be aware um, 
and only trust your friends. That's right. Well, uh, thank you everybody for being here. The first thing that I'd like to do is pose the basics of security for all um, crypto NFT users. You know, the, the first one is choose a secure wallet. Um, you know, how does one choose a secure wallet? Um, let's see, Alberto, let's start with you. Well, uh, I have no idea. This is not my field. No, just kidding. Uh, a secure wallet, there is no thing such as a secure wallet. Uh, nothing is secure, unfortunately. Uh, I've learned the, the, the hard way. I know how it is to lose everything, even though having a cold wallet. I, did, I only didn't have a multi-sign wallet. That's the only thing I didn't ever had. I should get one for the next time. Uh, now, how to find a safe wallet? Okay. First of all, why do you need a wallet in this field? We're talking about people that are creating art, among other things, and they are getting paid in cryptocurrencies. In order to get those cryptocurrencies, they get they require a, wa a wallet that can store those cryptocurrencies. Okay, um, there's a marketplace where normally uh, these people uh, sell their art, and it's called OpenSea, and there is an integration be between a wallet that's called MetaMask uh, that basically stores Ethereum uh, cryptos and well uh, that's integrated as a Chrome extension and it makes you very easy for uh, a user without not many knowledge in order to access to their account in OpenSea which uh, the basically their credentials to enter there are the wallet and well that is something that is probably not a very good uh, solution of wallets uh, but I will explain that later. What's a good wallet? Well, a good wallet is having many wallets, not only one, uh, distributing uh, your assets between as many wallets, as many devices as you can. Use one in your cellular, store part of your assets there, one in your desktop, one in your laptop. Use the MetaMask one that you probably use to uh, access for what you sell or what you buy in those um, markets with the less amount of cryptos that you that you can have there store as little as possible there and distribute i mean do not put all the the eggs in the same bag that's a rule what's the best wallet uh multiple wallets uh you i can tell you about cold wallets about uh hard wallets about wallets for cellular well it doesn't matter at the end so what's diversify. the so for our users out there what do you think is safer, a software wallet or a hardware wallet? Depends. If you're going to be raided by the Interpol, I would prefer a soft wallet, but that's another story. Uh, no, a cold wallet, uh, it's a, a wallet that is not connected to any network. And that is a very good solution that uh, I really recommend. It, it all depends. If you're an artist that has $300, in assets, you are not going to spend $150 on a hardware wallet. That is basically something like this. This is a Ledger Nano wallet that probably cost, I have no idea, I less than 100 bucks. And this is like a USB drive that you connect to your computer, you store your, your cryptos here. Then in order to give them access to any application for transfer of the funds, you need to press certain uh, 
the bottoms uh, to allow the transactions. Otherwise, the funds will not be transferred. Uh, so that's something that gives a layer of security that is very important. But one thing, remember, always buy these things directly from the manufacturer. Do not buy them from eBay. Maybe you can find it on yeah. eBay for a price that is, I don't know, 70% of its original price. The thing is that criminals uh, modify the firmware of these devices and you are buying this for much less than the original cost, but you store your cryptos and then your cryptos bye-bye because they are being sent to the cyber criminals that modify the firmware of these devices. So get them from the manufacturer. In this case, it's Ledger. It's one of the most common ones. Then you have also another that Tracer and many other alternatives that I do not uh, mention, I do not recommend. The two options are uh, uh, Ledger and Tracer. Uh, buy them directly from, from the manufacturers. Don't take risk. And well, uh, that's what I can tell you. All right, so Chris, one. same question to you. What makes a safe wallet and what do you recommend? Oh, so the wallets are probably the toughest part of the entire thing because be uh to be honest there's uh there's always exploits inside the wallets and always um bugs that you find um i've i actually like to uh find the bugs as well in the wallets but uh more or less stress test them and um i i find some of them are are very good in the stress test and then some of them are more vulnerable but you know don't stand up to as much stress so I'm, I've juggled, uh, I mean, I probably juggle about 10 at the moment and uh, various levels of security on all of them. And uh, Alberto's correct. Do not keep all your crypto in one basket. Um, make sure that when you're giving these addresses out, um, I, I use a, a MetaMask. Uh, I started in the MetaMask. I used the Coinbase wallets. Um, I've used and opened up uh, dozens of other wallets and uh, at the moment, uh, my favorite wallet is the Day Dallas on Cardano because it's the safest, in my opinion. Okay. Um, let me bring in Delta here real quick and say, what about you? What do you think about it? What it we talked about, or uh, Chris brought up the the bugs in the different software. So, so what are things that, that a user can do to kind of keep up with those bugs? So I'm a little bit more opinionated than Alberto and uh, and Chris there on this issue. Um, I recommend from a security paranoid standpoint, actually only storing your crypto on a hardware wallet, such as a, a Ledger Nano or a Trezor. Um, and if you're going to use a, uh, the first model of Trezor, make sure that you have the password and the pin set because, again, uh, we have a saying in the industry, physical access is total access. So if somebody's able to get a hold of the first model of Trezor and they can pull the chip, now this is highly unlikely, like I said, you'd have to be pretty much targeted, but they can pull the chip off, they can dump the memory, and if you don't have the pin and the password set on the first model of Trezor, then they can pull the seed phrase out of the memory on the chip. Now this, on the other hand, I don't believe there's any modern record of the Ledger Nano S getting hacked in any sort of way. Somebody will probably correct me on that later. I'll get blown up on Twitter. But the bottom line is, if you're going to deal with crypto, please, if you can help it, 
only use a hardware wallet. If you can't afford a hardware wallet, I suggest figuring out how to generate a paper wallet that consists of your public key and your private key printed out. You can scan it later and then you store those in multiple locations. You might go spend some money on a safety deposit box, maybe multiple safety deposit boxes, and you put the public and the private key in that safety deposit box or multiples, and you keep it there. Never keep it anywhere where somebody can get a hold of you. Also, there's a common error where people don't use easy, you know, they don't use difficult passwords because they can't remember them. That's why I tend to stay away from passphrases or passwords, rather. You'd rather use a passphrase, uh, some concoction of words together. Um, pick your favorite book. You know, pick a, pick a page number, pick a paragraph, pick a few words out, something you're not going to forget. Slam that together with some case-sensitive characters. You've got a decent passphrase. Don't forget it. Write it down. Keep it in the safety deposit box as well. But make sure that it's not on your premises. Nobody's going to get access to your safety deposit box if they're right. not you. All right. Thanks, Delta. Let's bring in NFT Princess. So same questions as an artist. Um, how do you what, – what do you – prefer for wallets? Um, so with wallets, I definitely recommend having, you know, a bunch of different kinds, but it also depends on, um, you know, the type of crypto that you're expecting for your NFTs, if you're selling or if you're buying. So um, in that regard, you are already going to have multiple different types of wallets, because if you follow multiple different types of artists, they're going to have their NFTs on different mm -hmm. things like Cardano, like Ethereum, mm -hmm. um, you know, like Tezos. So they have different wallets already. Um, there's all different ways to get into your wallets. Um, seed phrases are really important. Um, and for that, and if you do have multiple wallets, you're going to have multiple different seed phrases. So um, yeah. you can't forget those and you're, you're definitely not going to remember them um, for sure, unless you're, you know, super intelligent. Um, some of them are really crazy and some of them are really long. So I definitely recommend writing them down. Um, but I wouldn't ever write them down in your phone. Um, I wouldn't save them like really in an email. I would maybe write them down on a piece of paper, um, put it in your diary, put that in a lockbox, put it in a safe, put it under your bed, um, someplace safe. And if you do have multiple different passwords, um, you know, don't make it something obvious. Don't really have it your birthday, probably. Uh, don't just have it like your name or a family member's name, something that's easy. Uh, don't use the same password that you use for your Gmail or your Facebook or something else that you're going to use for something like your your money. That's your money. And if you're if you're easy to guess, if, if a lot of people know you, if you're so obvious, um, like NFT Princess, if I use that like as my password and it's my username, like it's too simple. So you really have to switch it up, make it something uh, unique, like Delta was saying, maybe it, uh, a phrase like in your books or something that you really like, something that you're going to remember. Um, your favorite drink maybe something like that <laughs> something like that so something that you can remember um but i would never keep anything like uh digital don't save it in your yeah. phone don't text it to a friend don't text it to your mom yeah. yeah and let me add there's been a lot of cases recently where people have used the same account same mm -hmm. password um and they've stored their um their seed phrase 
Um, we had one person that, that reached out today that stored their seed phrase in their Google Drive, so when their mm -hmm. uh, email got compromised, they got access to that. So, yep. yeah, it's it's very important that you keep things separate, as, as Delta said. Keep mm -hmm. things separate so that it's harder for somebody to gather all the different pieces that they need to 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 do damage to you so it's scary you. that there's like you know there's a lot of people out there that know a lot more about you know getting into things and researching than we do for sure and it's good that we have like all of us as a team but for me like i um i signed up for this uh safety app so it or like a security thing and it was able to tell me if any of my passwords were hacked or linked through like anywhere and uh, when it pulled it up, I actually had like 57 like compromised accounts. And it was kind of crazy because like I was using the same password for everything. So when I would create apps, I would use the same password um, that I would remember. And I use the same password for like all of high school and college. I never really thought anything of it. So a lot of super important things were compromised because I used the same password for everything. But that was the only thing that I can remember. So even if you have multiple different passwords for different websites and apps, that's totally fine. It doesn't have to be the same password. It should never be the same password. I'm sorry. Definitely. And if anybody um, has, you know, just checking for their passwords, there's a website called Have I Been Pwned? And you can actually go to that website, type in your email, and see if it's been in any of the compromise. If it is, change your passwords immediately. But that's one of the first things that you should do. All your accounts, all your emails, go to that site, put it in, see where it's been compromised. So that's really important to do. Second thing is every account. I don't know how many times, and Alberto is showing us his phone because he's saying use two-factor authentication on everything. Can we all say it together? Two-factor. Hey. <laughs> and why is that so important, Mr. Alberto? No clue. I would uh, they, uh, no. Basically, if your password is being compromised, you are you just lose the battle. Your account is gone, and if you're an artist, you are losing the access to your account. You are losing all the network of contacts that you created during. I mean, Princess. I think your account was created in 2010. Am I wrong? Well, uh, you are losing basically all the the networks you created for 21 years, uh, all the, the things that you posted, all your work, all this, this all this time that you spend wor working there, creating your personal branding, it's gone in one second. That's something that you don't want. And getting a password uh, compromise is something that is not complicated if you know how to do it. Uh, it can be done, well, it can be done just with something that is a keylogger, for example, uh, just clicking on the wrong link, well, that that just came over, your account is lost, your Twitter uh, password is useless, they can steal you, the, if you are logged in, they can steal you the session cookie and they are actually taking over your account, there are many things, um, but if you are using two-factor authenticator, then you not only need your password, but in order to access to your account, you need 
this one time generated uh, number that lasts for only 60 seconds. In this case, I'm using Google Authenticator that um, I recommend. It, it can be used by an app or, for example, an S S S SMS. SMS is something that I, I don't recommend because lately something that is called SwimSwap is being, uh, been a big problem. People getting uh, copies of the SIM cards of other people's, so they, are get, they were getting the SMS codes for authenticators uh, from other people because of that with social engineering. So use applications instead of SMS verifications. Um, and that's it. I also wanted to say uh, there are other solutions regarding wallets sorry to go back in time, but uh, this kind of wallets are, I prefer to have the worst software wallet uh, that is available than having something like this. You, I won't mention the brand of this that you have to read, but uh, this kind of hardware wallets for cryptos are something that are, for me, so insecure. You have to enter into the website of the seller uh, and connect that wallet to, to the website in order to have access to, to the funds. Oh my God, that's something that really scares me. And I think, okay, give me the worst uh, software wallet that you can have instead of giving me this device that gives you a false illusion of safeness. When with this, there is no safeness at all. Uh, buy a ledger, buy a treasure. Don't buy something that's cheap, that looks, oh, nice. I have, I can put a pin number and I can have access to uh, all my cryptos. But when it comes to implementation, it's like, okay, you are basically uh, not doing something good, okay? It's very nice. You can have, look at my, my this is my founts. I have zero BTC, zero LTCs, zero Dash, zero everything. So those who want to uh, 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 rob me, steal me, hack me, go ahead and hack me. You can get zero from everything. I have nothing. So. That's one rule. Don't brag about anything that you have when it comes to, you don't have to talk about that any amount of crypto that you manage. You don't have to brag, you don't have to prove anything. Don't talk about cryptos if you don't have to. Don't talk about you handle anything. You don't handle uh, wallets. Right. Don't talk about that. If you don't have, shut up because you're giving information that people <laughs> are going to use against you. Yeah. Shut up, we don't call talk that, about it. We call that operational security. Keep yeah, your mouth here, I have shut. zero. I have zero, so go ahead. Yeah, I have yeah, nothing. yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to get him off the screen. Now I'm going to put Chris on the spot here and say, okay, so now we've talked about wallets. We've talked about, you know, the seeds, the passwords. What about backing up your stuff? Backing up your wallet? Backing up your your accounts? Talk talk. Talk to us about how you su suggest to the users how to back up your wallet, your information. Go ahead. That um, I, uh, I I use the 2A factor authentication to uh, have security at that layer. And as far as backing up my, my wallets go, I have used some other security measures inside of the wallets that they all recommend. Um, but as far as backing them up, I, I keep my seed phrase. Okay. All right. And let's, uh, let's see. Delta, what about you? What about backups? So backups are, backups are a little extreme. So you have your, 
again, I'm from a paranoid computer security perspective. You have two ways of backing up your wallet, or three. You can physically back up the wallet on a USB drive. That's the little DAT file that's created, or, you know, whichever file's physically created on the disk. You can take a copy of that and put it somewhere that's not plugged into the internet. You can back up your seed um, using pen and paper. Um, what I recommend doing, which is a little more paranoid, is taking that seed and encrypting it with PGP. Yeah, that's great. Okay. And then the copy of the seed that you have then you would scan it back into your computer with a physical document scanner. Now, that's completely off the wall. Probably nobody's going to do this, but I have done this because I'm that paranoid. That way they have more than just, oh, look, I found a piece of paper with some words on it. Well, you can find a piece of paper, but you're going to have a PGP encrypted pile of garbage as well. So, <laughs> All right. Okie dokie. So let's go to um, Princess. So let's talk about uh, now about updating your stuff. So as we've talked, a lot of these uh, software that is in the um, ledgers and all these different uh, wallets, um, they do get updates. Um, what do you tell our, cus our, our viewers? about updates to their equipment? So uh, that's kind of scary sometimes. Um, you don't know what's gonna happen to your stuff sometimes when you update things, but sometimes you need those updates in order for your stuff to function properly and at its fullest capacity. So um, that's really hard. You really have to make the best decision. Um, I would definitely do my research first. I would look up, has anyone um, had an issue with these with the new update. Um, how is the update affecting you? I would maybe wait not to do it the very first day that the update comes out for sure. Um, you don't have to be like the, the first on it, but for sure, um, you know, if you read a lot of positives, um, I would I would have your stuff backed up first and then I would try to see how the update would affect you. Um, I would know like ways around, like, you know, reversing it if possible. Uh, my brother works with that type of stuff. So he's really been helpful. Um, in, you know, helping me make some of those types of decisions. He's been in the crypto world since about 2017. And um, so he's he's been with the ups and the downs, but, you know, he's lost things too that have completely crashed. So he's learned a lot of lessons and um, I'm, I'm really careful. He's really um, sometimes turned himself into a bear when it comes to making any type of decision uh, just because of the types of things that he's been burned with. So um, sometimes it's hard in making a decision, but do your research make the best choice for you. Sometimes updates are definitely necessary um, to make sure that your stuff is functioning, you know, at, at its fullest capacity. Yeah, and we, we talk about, you know, insecurity. We say mm -hmm. as soon as there's an update, you do it because you are, um, you know, there's vulnerabilities in there. There's something that can be used to attack you. Mm -hmm. um, but 
because of the criticality of the stuff that you have, your assets, your money, your your crypto that's in there, you know, I think that's a very intelligent way to do it, to say, let's look at the forums. Let's look to see if somebody's had an issue with this package that we're putting in. And again, like we said, back up your stuff prior to doing a backup. That way you can ensure that what you have Mm -hmm. is going to be there after and if you have to recover from you know from a for different uh, software and put your stuff your backup back there you're yeah. still safe so right. that's very important all mm -hmm. right so let's go to um chris again and i'm going to ask him a question here what about this whole vpn thing when doing crypto hmm I, I don't do anything uh, that I need a VPN for, right? So, <laughs> um, uh, I don't use it because I don't do anything wrong. Okay. Well, we I use VPN every day, two or three times. It doesn't mean that I'm doing something wrong. It's just that I'm encrypting the pipe from me to the point that I need to be. So, it's 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 another layer of security when doing something to keep yourself from number one being discovered Hearing where me? you are. Yeah. So let me go. Okay. Delta. Let's you? Go. Or actually, let's go to Alberto. Oh God, who was trying to hack me? I mean, I I actually didn't. Uh, Still there. I'm, I'm having, what was the question, sorry, Eric? Ah, about using VPNs when conducting business for NFTs. Okay, well, uh, when it comes to, that was a question that uh, I think it was Daylila who asked me about VPNs and security. I, I might be wrong, but when it comes to using VPNs, um, uh, basically what you are using is a channel that is encapsulated where the traffic goes uh, in following certain um, path that you that you set and uh, that path doesn't represent the actual physical communication between you and where you're trying to communicate uh, it can be used I, I i know some people in uruguay that use that to access to certain content uh, from amazon prime that they couldn't access if they were in Uruguay, so that's very useful for. But when it comes to security uh, and and access to Amazon, it doesn't provide much much. Uh, it doesn't give you any add value apart from uh, faking your location, which is faking between inverted commas because actually your location will be known because of cookies that are evil tracing all your activities. So it's not based on your IP that they basically trace you. They trace you because of many patterns right now. So you have no <laughs> no way of hiding probably. But well, when it comes to, if you have to use cryptocurrencies and you are in an airport and you have to access to a Wi-Fi that doesn't belong to you, use a VPN, please use a VPN because you are using a channel that doesn't belong to you. You don't know who's in charge of that channel, who's controlling that. And uh, uh, anything that goes there is something that uh, can be intercepted and can be um, redirected. I mean, use a VPN in order to 
have make sure that the connection between you and the point where you want to connect is established via that tunnel and it doesn't matter whether the the, the medium that you're using is an open uh, uh, wi-fi or not it's just uh, it for example here it's a solution that i don't recommend i don't endorse the solution where you set the country you just click on yeah. connect and uh, it's a solution that costs 10 bucks a month do not use a free vpn solution that's something that mm -mm. i do not recommend at all don't do that because nothing is free if you are using a free vpn solution probably part of the traffic of your of your internet is being used for things that you wouldn't like to know what they're using they're using that for so pay, pay invest money uh, on paying into a, a vpn yeah. uh, provider uh regarding yeah, the yeah. log no, yeah, and, and let's let's tell our audience, you know, the reason you use a VPN is, you know, not to hide where you are at, uh, even though you can do it. But the reason to use a VPN is to avoid somebody in the middle listening or stealing the data. So you establish a pipe from point A to point B. And what you're trying to avoid is what we call a man in the middle attack. That's the main reason you use a VPN. It, you know, you can't take the data off the wire, if you will. So it's a it's an important recommendation. It's another layer to protect yourself. So that's right. Yeah, that's okay. it. I mean, that's it exactly as you say, Eric. The same in a hotel. The same as in any place where you're not in control of the connection. I mean, use a VPN. Establish that tunnel. That uh, uh, makes you uh, isolated from the actual medium where you're communicated that open Wi-Fi use a VPN in those cases you're actually not getting much more than that uh, uh, that what you mentioned yeah okay Alberto so take it away then oh uh, no actually I'm using a VPN right now uh, because uh, I otherwise uh, no never mind <laughs> I'm not using a VPN. I, why would I use a VPN? I have nothing to hide. I, uh, I'm nobody. Why would somebody want to hack me? <laughs> That's kidding. All right. So the next the next question goes to you to our panel. So go ahead. Okay, uh, Dailaila, tell me, you are uh, an artist. Uh, you create digital art. So. Uh, I can imagine that you are being approached in so many different ways by people trying to uh, get you get information about you. Try to I don't know what what I mean when you say somehow that you are into the NFT community that you are an artist of NFTs. What happens to you? Uh, do you start getting more amount of direct messages in your social networks than? Uh, before telling that or or what, sure. what or what happens yeah for sure um so i've had twitter for kind of a while but it wasn't really until i actually uh listed and put that i was a digital artist or you know nft artist on anything with nfts anything with cryptos as soon as i started using those hashtags and um you know even nft community all of those different hashtags that we use all the time it's really brought some people that um I never really had before. 
Uh, I have my messages private, but I still am able to get message requests. And um, they're always like, um, hey, Delilah, what's up? Like, um, hi, NFT princess. I love your art. Can we collab? Uh, click here to see some of my art. Like, what do you think about joining this community? And um, they're, they're all scammers. They're, nobody's real. They have little to no followers, um, but they're following a lot of people, no profile picture, um, really attractive profile pictures. Uh, sometimes it's your own artwork. Uh, so it's kind of scary. Um, I've also been approached in person um, by different people. When I was in Miami Art Basel, actually, uh, I was approached by some people just because they knew that mm -hmm. NFTs were the hype, um, that they knew a lot of different people were in town and they were trying to take advantage of the people that didn't really know those types of things um, just by using flashy words and trying to get your attention. So it's kind of scary. Wow, yeah. I mean, somebody's asking, how do you identify a sock puppet, puppet account on Twitter? I would Google that. How do I identify? Anybody can answer that? Because I cannot answer that. So there, there's a couple ways. Number one, you're going to look at the, uh, the followers to like, um, how many people they're following versus how many people are following them. Number two, you can run through a site called Tina. You can download a copy of their avatar or, you know, full screen their avatar, grab that copy, run it through a site called Tina. Tina will do a reverse image search to see how many times that image has been used on the internet and also show you images that are similar. Um, typically, you know, if it's like if you're just like the random NFT guy that's never joined a space and you know if you're sharing screenshots of your wallet with thousands of dollars of cryptocurrency in it, of course that cute girl that you've never talked to before in your life is gonna message you and be like, Hey, uh, if you wanna like chat and send sexy pictures back and forth, click this link. Well, you know, for me, it's really easy not to get caught up in that because, well, number one, I'm ugly. There's no <laughs> straight pen that's going to be like, hey, you know, like, let's go on a date. So just just be aware that if you're if you're flashing large amounts of cryptocurrency and screenshots. Just for the record, really I, think you're, I think you're pretty handsome. I would date you, Delta. Just Dude, you've record. got the you're beard. You've got the, you know, you've got it. You're man. pretty handsome, man. <laughs> All right, there's, Chris. There's a lot of other sock puppets out there on Twitter, especially in the Twitter spaces um, and actually all around. Uh, look out for those drop your wallet here or, you know, give me, give me, uh, oh, I'm MetaMask support. Let me help you with your account. Oh, let me help you with that. You're stuck. Give, uh, give me access. No problem. Let me fix it. Yes. But by that point, you're pretty desperate. So be careful. Fill out this Google form so we can get the pigeon out of your bank account. You might have bird flu. I would, I would also be really careful for, um, you know, some of the newer artists or people that are in the community that are following somebody specific or, you know, you're trying to get the hype of them. Like um, I was trying to work on building my portfolio and getting on foundation. So I was like using foundation searches and I was getting a lot of, um, emails and um, even mentions and attention and comments from people saying that they had like foundation invites, click here, send me money uh, for invites. And I also had a lot of people messaging me 
that weren't verified. It would say like OpenSea, but it wasn't verified, but it would say something like misleading or um, kind of like a, you know, like a carrot that you'd want to follow. And it's really scary because um, you want to click on those things. You want your favorite person to be sending you a message that you've been liking. You want Gary Vee to notice you. Um, but there's people that have those same similar names, but they're not verified. So check if they're verified, if it seems a little wild, if it seems like it's your favorite person, you know you want to open it, but do your research a little bit. Um, check to see how many tweets they have is something else I like to do. I like to check their media really quick. Um, I like to just check to see what all is on that that profile before I go any further. But I don't open any message requests. 99.9% um, .9 of the time, they're not real. Um, so. All right. So we see a lot of phishing emails, DMs, Instagrams. Uh, as you guys have mentioned, there's a lot of them. And most of them have phishing links in it or uh, smishing, which is uh, SMS, or mm -hmm. even now we've got the vishing stuff, which is your voicemail stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Let's talk about how, as a, as a user, do we identify those things other than some of them are just ridiculous. Yes. Um, but number one, let's break this into number one, how do I identify those emails? And number two, um, what can happen when you click one of those emails? So let's start with how do I identify those emails? Unsolicited. If you didn't ask for it and if it sounds too good to be true, it's too good to be true. So there, there's a few things that I've seen in the computer security industry. Number one is um, emails that, number one, like driving said, are not solicited in any way. This is not a service you asked for. Number two, 99.99% .99 of the time, it's going to come from a non-SSL encrypted connection. And you can go look at the headers of the email where it'll say, you know, on Google or Gmail or whatever, this was sent from a non-secure connection. Um, typically, when you look at the body of the email, you're going to see a lot of grammatical errors because the people that are executing this probably aren't from native English-speaking communities. And uh, last but not least, they're typically not going to spend the money for a a uh, TLD that is a top-level domain that's expensive. So you're going to see a lot of uh, .co.cc, .xyz, uh, a lot of TLDs, top-level domains that are very, very cheap per month. I'm talking like a dollar. So if it sounds too good to be true, if you see that it's not from a verified sender, there's no SSL on the connection, there's grammatical errors, and, you know, a Nigerian prince is promising to transfer all these Bitcoins to your wallet if you just click here and, you know, scan the QR code. Don't do it. You know there's a Nigerian prince somewhere going, I've been trying to, to give all my, wor my, my worth and nobody, nobody collects the email. Um, sorry, that's a joke. Um, so that's number one. Um, also, I just want to add to protect yourself, if you're on a computer, if you are on, um, you know, a desktop, 
hover your mouse over the link and you'll see in the bottom um, the actual link information. If you see a lot of characters, it's very long, that's probably 99% that it's a phishing email or phishing link. So what happens to the users when they click that link, when they go to that fake page? Um, Alberto, let's go ahead. What happens when okay. somebody clicks? What happens is basically game over. Uh, the hackers won the challenge. Uh, you are probably uh, executing a remote code that is maybe establishing uh, what is called a reverse uh, HTTPS connection between your computer and a computer that is a computer of the criminals that uh, con takes controls of your of your PC to mm -hmm. all of it. I mean, use control of your computer. It can execute any kind of malware, ransomware, keyloggers. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, you lose control of the computer and you give the criminals access to the tools they need to have access to uh, your passwords, your accounts, game over. You click and unfortunately, that's it. Uh, you you lose the, the game. There's nothing you can do because this kind of malware, it's not like 10 years ago where this, uh, if you were going to execute something like that, uh, your antivirus, my antivirus is to say, warning, a virus has been identified. Now I haven't heard that for ages. I don't know what's wrong with my antivirus. I mean, either my antivirus is disactivated. Yeah, it is, I do that sometimes to run some uh, video rendering but I don't recommend that. But I don't hear that anymore. These pieces of malware are so advanced that, uh, right. I mean, they're obfuscating in such a good way that they are not being detected by uh, uh, no common uh, antivirus solutions. Uh, I recommend you, for example, if, if you are not lazy like me, you can basically copy that link and go, go to virustotal.com mm -hmm. or any kind of other service where you can scan that URL and actually see what it does uh, instead uh, of, uh, I mean, just to, to make sure that it is something that is malicious because your antivirus will probably not detect it and you are losing control of your computer. Uh, that's it basically in plain English what happens. Game over. Yes. That's one type of phishing attack, yes. Uh, the other type is the common type they use in uh, bank phishing. So let's use your bank, for example. You get an email that says, hey, there's a problem with your account, uh, with your bank account here. Now, then you're immediately presented with a page that looks exactly like your bank's login page. And what's happening is they, they want you to put the password, the username, your phone number, all these things in. And then when you click submit, what you're doing is you're sending that data to the attacker and typically what they'll do after that is they will forward you to the legitimate page and you'll be back at the login screen. Sometimes you'll think nothing of it. Like, oh, I wonder why I didn't log in. Maybe I mistyped my password. Well, by then it looks so legit because, you know, I've seen phishing campaigns that use legitimate SSL. You know, I, I've seen phishing campaigns that literally do run malicious code on the host itself. And then you have a bigger problem because they're not only compromising one server, they're compromising any service with a password. 
So it's just being very vigilant and realizing that unless the URL that you're clicking on in your browser matches the service that you're signing into, don't input the information. The same goes with QR codes, because you can be fished via QR as well. That's correct. You know, you can be fished by multiple ways. So, you know, make sure that you know the website that you're in is legit um, and uh, that you're using the right place and you're not clicking any links. If, uh, you know, Coinbase NFT sends you an email, there's a problem with your account close that email, go directly to the site on something else. Okay, so now I'd like to move on to another topic here, and I'd like, the, I'd like our panel to ask, to tell us, you know, about these horror stories that they've uh, heard or have experienced yourself in the industry. So let's start with you. Come on. <laughs> um, okay, so... Um horror stories. I've only been in the NFT community for, um, you know, a little under a year, but it's crazy. Uh, you want to be so trusting because you need to build your community. You need to build um, your, little, your little group. You need to find where you fit in and you want to extend uh, your name. You want people to know you. So you want to be trusting because you want others to trust you, but it's it's hard sometimes when you're burned because then you recoil so much. Um, something that happened to me is, you know, just getting into Twitter spaces and talking to people. They're super nice and they kind of want you to like reach out and talk to them and they get you to where you feel comfortable. And then um, something that happened to me is they were like, oh, Delilah, you like um, you like NFTs. I was like, yeah, I love NFTs. And they asked what my favorite one was and i was like oh I, I i really like my own and they're like oh okay um can we see some of your work and i you know let people i, I shared my work i pinned it to the top uh, we've done it a thousand times and so i shared it and this, someone just right click saved reposted put it up on their twitter and was like thanks for the nft you don't have to purchase an nft to um you don't have to purchase an nft to have an nft it's just an image and um, so that hurt my feelings because I worked really hard on it and they were kind of making fun of it. And but but people can right click, save and steal your things if they're not doing it the correct way. If they're not following along, if they're just trying to tease you, if they are trying to like steal your work. Um, so I guess that was a horror story, something simple that happened to me. I didn't actually steal it. It's still minted on the blockchain for me. But the fact that they just like copy and paste yeah. it was kind of. You know, it was an insult. It was an it insult. Was an insult. Yeah. And um, something else that happened when I was in Miami, um, this guy approached me and he was like, I'm going to draw a picture of, of this pretty girl. I'm just going to draw a picture of you. And he whips out a piece of paper and uh, he starts drawing something really quickly. And um, he was like, it's an NFT. I'm going to give it to you and you can sell it and, and you're going to make money. It's worth money. This is an NFT. And he's like holding a piece of paper. And I was like, what's that? And he was like, you can have this. This is an NFT. You just have to pay me. And then you're going to get money for this. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, here's my business card. I actually uh, create NFTs. He's like, you what? And I was like, here's my business <laughs> card. And he was like, 
oh, and he got like all startled and uh, kind of flustered and he took my card, but I don't think he kept it. And uh, he just kept walking and tried to scam somebody else. But, you know, there's there's crazy people out there. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go driving. Tell us about All your right. horror stories. So, my, you know, the, the communities were another story, but like the, the main horror story I kind of feel like I had and I ran into was I sent money across from an exchange to a, a wallet. And that was like a long time ago, right? And what happened was the wallet didn't recognize the money for what it was. Mm -hmm. So for over a year before it finally updated, mm -hmm. um, it wouldn't let me move or trade the money. Um, and it was more of a personal thing. But as far as the community goes, uh, there's there's people who like to uh, bash other artists. Um, and I'm a supporter of lots of artists, so I really don't like to see that type of thing. So anytime I see somebody trying to put someone else's art or project down, um, I really don't like that. So for, for me, when you're making non-fungible tokens for artwork, um, nobody should be putting that down. That's that's artwork of the person. So correct. I don't like to see that. Okay, wonderful. All right, Mr. Delta, oh, let's go. You want horror stories from Delta? Man, I've got how much time you <laughs> well, got? Well, give me give me one. Give me just one. <laughs> okay. So uh the most terrifying thing that ever happened to me is I literally um when I first got into Bitcoin this is, you know, years ago, probably 2010, like the beginning of 2010, when before, like, the only people that heard about cryptocurrency were, like, the shady security advocates, right? Or the uh, the uh, security researchers with beards like mine and hats. Um, I had gotten a couple hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin, and, uh, you know... I went online and I was like, oh, what's a Bitcoin doubler? Oh, well, that's a scam where they, you know, they say, oh, you send us, you know, $200 in Bitcoin and we'll double your Bitcoin in 24 to 48 hours. So, you know, you just got into yeah. cryptocurrency. You don't know anything about it. This is like I knew nothing. I was just like, "Hey, I've got ASCII hash strings on my hard drive, mom," and I sent off two hundred dollars, and they were like, "Hey, thanks," and I never saw that money again. Yeah. If you send your cryptocurrency elsewhere to a place you'd rather not send it, you're not getting it back. It's not redeemable. There's no cryptocurrency police that are going to come take a report and try to get your wallet right. back. It's gone. So, just. And and that's a very big point that our community needs to hear and our audience needs to hear is that because it is a decentralized um, um, currencies, it's, there's not one area. There's not a um, you know, customer service of Bitcoin right. out there. So right. you need to be smart with your assets. Um, be it an NFT, be it crypto, you need to be smart, you need to protect yourself, and you need to know where you're sending. Double, triple check your stuff. It is a decentralized ecosystem, and therefore mm -hmm. the attacks and the vulnerabilities are also decentralized. They come, they'll come at you from any direction Correct. they possibly can. 
Um, earlier, you mentioned operational security, OPSEC. The other thing I wanted to bring up is keeping your online identity. Like I introduced myself with my real first and last name, followed by my screen name. Normally, I don't do that, but my face is on the camera. What I need to stress is you need to, especially if you're dealing with art and life, you need to do that separately. Your online identity needs to be separate from your real life identity. Your passwords for your online identity need to be separate for, from your real life identity. The two don't mix, okay? Cookies and lies don't mix. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, if you're in a Twitter space and you have all these people and you're talking, um, all it takes is one person to get very angry at what you're saying and you become a target like the person I mentioned earlier. I mean, she had her car hacked. She had her life hacked. She, they, they literally stole her identity, drained her bank account. She became a real-life capture the flag contest because she let people know she had crypto. So operational security is very important. So is communication security. All the other securities. Search, search up the meme, practice safe sex, S-E-C-S. And just, there, there's a meme. It's a guy. He's got five fingers up. And it lists all the different types of security. And you need to research each one and how to keep online and real-life identities separate. It's very important. Correct. All right, Alberto. Okay, no. Uh, yeah, I'm not telling my worst nightmare regarding cryptocurrencies because you have to buy my book to read about it or my coming NFT book about it. No. But uh, when entering into this uh, community, I realized uh, the relevance of Doxin, how Doxin was playing a major role in, in the community, and it's something related about with what Delta was saying. And well, the, one of the first things that somebody told me a story about hacking was terrible. It was a person from Mexico City, was an artist that had sold a certain uh, pieces of art and made some money. Well, he was uh, identified by criminals. They knew the, his name, the name of his family, his address, his telephone number, and he started receiving death threats because they wanted him to give them uh, what he had. And that's terrible. I mean, he, his life was being threatened by these guys that had access to all the information about him, his family, his children, his wife. Uh, that's something that is really a nightmare and something that people must know i don't know in this case in mexico in particular but if there's no um, physical connection or this kind of uh, death threats if it comes only to the virtual world people must know that the police will not help you at all so it's a waste of time to go to the police and report these kind of issues because you will just waste your time you will get upset they won't help you at all the police will not help you in any way when it comes to any kind of these uh, crimes. If you're a victim of this kind of crimes, well, uh, it's something that the, unless you are a celebrity, unless you are somebody who is very famous, uh, has a lot of power, well, don't waste your time. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you are in the USA, in Uruguay, UK or Australia. The police won't do anything. It's a waste of time. So you have to know uh, you will have to deal with that situation yourself. Uh, so be uh, prepared to uh, that and 
ah, uh, there's another issue. Okay, you are an artist and maybe you want to use your name as a personal branding in order to promote your work. So you, I mean, in my case, I use my real name, my real image. You can Google me and you will find my address, my telephone number. I mean, uh, my credit card information with the three digits of verification in Google, because I don't remember that. So I look up in Google, but, uh, you, you will find everything about me. Okay, that's that's something that I use it because I want to show people that I am who I say I am. And people can smell when somebody is pretending to be somebody who is not. I want to show people that I am somebody who uh, they can trust, that uh, is really trying to help them that is not uh, having any kind of, uh, I'm not looking to take advantage on anybody. I mean, you have just to interact with me and know me and that's it. And you you can, I mean, I won't use the argument. I have not done wrong. I mean, I am myself. Uh, what you see on the internet about me is myself. There are things that uh, if people read that would say, oh my God, this guy, Look at those pictures from the Interpol. This guy is very dangerous. Okay, I don't care. That's me. And that's the person I am. And okay, you can trust me or not. But uh, if you want to be an artist and be, use your name as your personal branding, it's a question that is very complicated because you've been exposed to these kind of situations that are very dangerous. So you will go to the spaces and you will see people with pictures of animals and uh, nicknames. And if you see somebody with a real name and a picture of a person, that person is probably somebody who is a criminal infiltrated there because that person doesn't belong to the community of NFT. Yeah, I guess I should I should preface this with my views expressed on this show are from an extremely security oriented paranoid point of view. Yeah. And that and that's not bad. I mean a little bit of paranoia in this environment um you know we all know with the cryptocurrency nft it's still a wild west it is yes. still very much a wild west and you were incredibly correct when you say um that police the laws in many different countries have not kept up with security and mm -hmm. because of that if you suffer some crimes from crime activity, if you become a victim of somebody scamming you, stealing your stuff, et cetera, et cetera, you are probably not going to get any support from lo 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 local law enforcement or federal mm -hmm. enforcement. So it is, it is up to you to protect yourself. And as we've talked here tonight, we have a lot of different... Uh, methods to protect yourself. Uh, make sure one of the big ones is make sure you're not using weak passwords. Make sure you're not using the same passwords in your wallets, your Gmail, your Facebook, your Twitter. Um, the other part that I always like to say to people is make sure that you use the best methods to secure your social media. Most of the NFT community is on Twitter, um, and mm -hmm. uh, people don't secure their own Twitter, and Twitter takeovers happen on a daily basis. So, um, Chris, what do you say about um, you know better ways to protect yourself online? There. 
Uh, well, I I first off definitely start with um, be be careful with what you click and what you ask for. Because if you ask if you ask for it, if you ask to get hacked, or you you go looking for something you really shouldn't be be looking at, um, protect yourself in that way. Um, one thing about that MetaMask wallet is be safe. Don't be browsing Facebook and then click on a link and think you're on your MetaMask and paying for the NFT. Go back to your wallet, go back into your your actual browser in the wallet and go back in through there. Cause I used to almost get fished like 10 times a day, just, just looking at people's NFTs, just trying to look at them. It would, it would fish me to some random site that you would think is open sea. And then the next thing you know, it's got you clicking on it and you're not even in the right place anymore. So there's, so that's, that's one method. Um, use the right browser, proper browsers are, are probably key here and make sure Anytime, you, if you scan a, a QR code, don't just sign something that pops up. Like, and if you click something by accident and it prompts you to type in your password, you better think once, twice, three, four times. Um, and yeah, I like to stay secure that way. And... Okay. So, uh, Delta, go ahead. So um, another way I like to uh, look at QR codes you you have to be very careful and i'm extremely paranoid about qr codes because i've seen all manners of things be done via qr code i mean um i've seen qr codes you scan and it pops an app up on your phone like um i've seen qr codes that drop cookies on computers i've seen qr codes that reboot your phone so one thing I like to do is, if it is possible, when the QR code pops up, what you can do is you can right-click on that QR code and save a copy of it because it's usually an image. And then you can go to any online QR code decoder and you can upload that image and it will rip apart the QR code and tell you what is behind that QR code that you're scanning. That's what I like to do. I recommend everybody do. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, that's too hard. I don't want to do that. That takes too much effort. I just want to boom, 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 boom. But literally 10 extra minutes could theoretically save you thousands of dollars. Please, if you can, save a local copy of the QR code and decode it first. Alberto? Well, actually, I think they have said the, the most important things. I mean, uh, uh, to sum up, don't click or scan or uh, input anything that you don't know what you're uh, inputting in. I mean, either it's your code, it doesn't matter where, from where you're getting that information into your computer, just uh, think, I mean, Sometimes they try to use urgency or they try to put pressure on you in order to take a decision to uh, quick. I mean, like, okay, you have to do this now. Otherwise you will lose the account, the access to your account or this will no. I mean, always uh, stop for a second, think, and then act. And most of the time you won't act after thinking for a second. Uh, mm -hmm. As uh, Chris was saying earlier, 
if you are not expecting a certain kind of communication email, uh, then be suspicious. Uh, if you get any kind of communication from anybody, by any way, Discord, game uh, of uh, Twitter, uh, and you have the doubt because maybe that person you know it and that message doesn't make much sense. Okay, it's much easier to grab the telephone and call the person and ask him, okay, did you send me this? Instead of uh, making that fatal mistake of clicking and losing everything. Spend some time, see, uh, grab the map. If you have a doubt, grab the, the telephone, call the person, contact the person with a, in another way and ask him, did you send me this? Before clicking anywhere, doing anything that you are not expecting to do or it sounds or looks suspicious. Uh, just think, I mean, and don't trust anybody. Uh, yeah, unless guilty until proven innocent, uh, like in Uruguay. So, uh, no, I mean, you you have to understand that you don't know who's behind the computer in social networks. You don't know who you're talking to. Uh, it can be anyone. Uh, you don't have no idea. So uh, be very careful. Try to think of the word like Delta be paranoid, think like, okay, I'm in front of this beautiful blonde woman that is uh, trying to approach, okay, I'm not that lucky. Uh, that's very suspicious. I mean, that would never happen to me. That pro that girl is probably crazy trying to, no. I mean, yeah, be, be paranoid. I mean, if it's too good to be true, yeah, it's, it's too good to be true. So, uh, I mean, those things doesn't happen in Twitter, right, everybody? <laughs> I think you're worried on that. So yeah, you didn't win the lottery. The the prince of Nigeria didn't give want to give you his money. That's all, unfortunately. And I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eric, but I have to tell Alberto you. Alberto doesn't want to give you any money either. He's broke on purpose. I but I I I, I show you. I have zero, zero, zero. <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to comment. If any of you absolutely must buy an NFT, if you have to buy an NFT make sure you check the policy ids and you can check the the hex code on the maybe ipfs to make sure you're buying the proper collection yes yes can you explain a little bit more about what's yeah. that uh, chris um so when you make a collection um i believe they get minted under a certain policy and a collection or an artist will usually publicly post that policy id everywhere because that's the tokens, that's where, where you go to buy the real stuff. And you can cross-reference that using a few tools, like possibly Pinata and some other ones. So uh, make sure you check the policy ID for all the collection of the tokens. If you absolutely have to buy and you want to double check, it's from the right artist, it has the right contract in it. You, you want to know it's exactly what you were planning on buying. And Our buy from your heart. Scan. Uh, for for Cardano based NFTs, uh, there's Cardano Scan. For Ethereum, there's ETH EtherScan or ETHScan or whatever that is. All the policy ideas is a long series of letters and numbers that kind of looks like a password hash. You just cross reference that on the published artist site versus the policy ID that you see when you pull up that NFT. You make sure you're sending the money to the wrong place or right place rather. Yeah, send the money to the wrong place. No, don't do that. Check the policy ID. Make sure you're sending the money to where it needs to go. 
Because the last thing you want to do, for example, is go, oh, hey, look, a board ape. Let me drop 25 grand on, oh, uh, and it's gone. Because it will be. It'll be gone. You're, you're not getting that back. There's no magical internet crypto fairy that's going to be like, here's your money back. Not happening. Check the policy IDs. Dig through the smart yeah, contracts. Only invest in NFTs that are uh, minted on, you know, audited chains. Uh, make sure any cryptocurrency you invest in, make sure that's audited as well. So for, you know, uh, audience that is just starting in the field here, what do you, again, I'm going to be very broad here, but what do you think the safest exchanges for a beginner are? Um, well, I guess I legally have to say this is not an endorsement, but if I had to, uh, because I don't want to get any intellectual property strikes by using any company names, but if I had to, and this is not financial advice, a lot of people don't like them. But I mean, there's there's uh, Binance, as far as getting cryptocurrency securely from one place to another, they have two-factor authentication. There's Coinbase in the U.S. There's KuCoin for non-U.S. people. Um, basically, you want to make sure that you can't just have the, you know, that that they require you to punch in two FA that they require. If you're going to have, you know, cryptocurrency on an exchange and you're going to be buying NFTs, I suggest that you make sure that, number one, they are registered as a company in a reputable jurisdiction. I see a lot of cryptocurrency exchanges that people are like, oh, well, there's this exchange. And then I look and I see something like they're registered in the Republic of Seychelles. And I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely not throwing my crypto there, and I'm definitely not giving them a scan of my ID or my passport or whatever. To nice place to visit. I, if I had the money, I would, but I'm definitely not banking there. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the difference. And I have zero, zero, zero. I can't go anywhere. I can't go anywhere. The, this thing is broken anyway. I, I put it through the washers, so there's no crypto on it. Um, yeah. My recovery card of my leisure is like, I can't recover anything. It's empty. I cannot recover anything. So, I didn't buy this from Ledger. I got this one from Amazon. So don't do that. <laughs> uh, I, I, ha I am giving away to any viewer uh, a couple of uh, wallets from Ledger. Uh, it's a giveaway. So all you have to do is send a message at hashtag hacker in Twitter. And I will give away these uh, devices. I will send them tomorrow after I do something with them. I have to verify certain things and I will give them away. Okay, Eric, uh, I will send one to you because you are a good one of the of the wallets will go to you. Uh, this one will go for you. And these are very trustable. So yeah. don't ask me why okay. I have so many. <laughs> I have an explanation. It's just because I... I'm not going to backdoor the firmware at all. Swear to God. No, no. Hey, um, hey just a uh, reminder. Don't I'll... tell anybody your seed phrase. Uh, just a quick reminder. Don't ever tell anybody. Like, even if they ask. Cool. Or nicely. Don't ask. Don't. 
Yeah. If, if somebody asks you for your seed phrase, simply, like, tell them something. Like, if you have to tell them something, if they have a gun to your head or, you know, in the extreme case, just rattle off, I don't know, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, wombat, cat, uh, black, truck, uh, pineapple. And then Dude, that's my seed phrase. Shot. Stop. Hey, 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 don't admit to it. Come on, bro. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Delilah, so uh, <laughs> what about you? What 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 are the, the the recommendations from an artist on the other side? Um, what 